0: Have you ever wondered what product led growth really means? Well, in today's episode of the Growth Equation, we're super excited to bring on Wes Bush, the founder of the Product Led Growth Institute. He really comes on in today's episode and just goes really deep on like what product led growth is, how do you implement that, where do you even start? Why should it even help you? And he's had the chance to work with and consult with some startups and also some massive organizations. And as he's founded the Product-Led Growth Institute, he's really building a worldwide community for growth practitioners around product-led growth, all from launching conferences and webinars and Slack communities. And he's really building this grassroots campaign that's becoming super popular and becoming really a thought leader in the industry. So super excited to bring him on the podcast today. Just has an amazing perspective. So let's get started in the episode. Really excited for you guys to hear it. Hey, Wes, welcome to the Growth Equation podcast. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me
0: i um, super excited to have you on. I know this is something like our listeners would love to hear a little bit about like product like growth. But before we get there, you know, maybe just kind of start, like maybe give a little bit of background and tell like who is Wes?
1: I guess I, I really fell into this whole world of product <laughs> for me, like when it really started was I was in real estate, doing Google AdWords. And I figured out, I was like, I cracked the code in order to generate demand. And so I had the first lead come through that eventually became a customer. And like from that very moment, it was like, A huge moment in my life, a turning point for my career where I just realized, like, this is so cool. If you can generate demand, you can build any business you want. And so I've always been fascinated with demands, and it's really taken me on the path of demand generation and leading digital marketing for some companies. But what really kind of took me into the world of products was actually when I launched a Freeman product. And what I noticed is that the whole way I had been doing this whole approach to demand generation was wrong. There was so many more better ways to create demands by just giving people access to your products, showing them the value prop that you promised them as soon as possible. And I am just fascinated by the intersection of marketing and product and how it's really helping power the future growth of some of the fastest growing SaaS companies in the world.
0: That's like an amazing description. I think just like a follow-up to that, we hear the word growth out there. You know, it's kind of this overused term of like, what is growth? Is it product? Is it marketing? And now we're hearing these new concepts to like product-led growth. Like maybe just for the listeners out there, it would be great to just like, in your opinion, how would you define like product-led growth?
1: I always like to say product-led growth is nothing new. It is in so many other industries already. It's just now become apparent to a lot of software companies that this is the future of how people want to buy. If you think of even when you're buying an expensive car, what do you want to do before you actually buy it? Most people will want to actually try it, take it out for a test drive. Uh, Even sometimes when you go to Costco or some other retail outlets, you're given the opportunity to taste test What are those samples? If you are maybe at the airport, you're looking for cologne or perfume. Well, there is so many things you can try. And so it's in so many different industries already, but now it's really coming to the software space by storm. And people are really figuring out like, hey, this is really just the way that people want to buy. People want to be able to try before they buy. And that's where product-led growth starts. But it's a whole new way of selling in a lot of ways where you're instead of telling people about your value prop, whether that be in a demo request or anything else, you're showing them by giving them the keys to your products and letting them experience it on their own terms. So in a nutshell, that's what product-led growth is all about.
0: That's like super interesting. And I think uh, people are hearing like more of those terms of like freemium or like free trial. Based on product led growth, do you believe like is it one or the other or can it be a combination? Like I'd love to get your perspective on like freemium or free trial.
1: Yeah. So whether you decide freemium, free trial, both of them are product led models that you can use, but it doesn't necessarily even have to be just with your product. I've seen other more sales-driven companies use product-led strategies to really build their audience. And an example might be, let's build a UTM builder or something like that, where it's a valuable marketing asset and people can use it for free. Or maybe you ask for an email for someone to use it. And so it can be used in so many different departments within a team, whether that's the marketing team, the sales team, there's other things like, I'm not sure if you've heard of like the HubSpot grader. That's a perfect example of a product-led marketing strategy. I knew the founder of, or a former founder of WordStream, and they, one of their biggest growth levers was their AdWords grader. And so what it essentially did, you just plugged in your Google AdWords account. They shoot it, out a incredible report that showed you like how much money you're basically losing. And it was the biggest thing they did to grow their business. And so do you have to have free trial for your model? No, you can have many creative ways to make it work. And just uh, like on that point, one thing I wonder is, do
0: you believe that like, because of this, you call it the product-led growth and how uh, the adoption is growing across the the tech industry, is this going to cause like marketing strategies to change
1: for a lot of companies, do you believe? Oh, absolutely. I think the one thing that for any consumer out there that they're starting to pick up on is anyone can write copy. Anyone can promise someone something. I mean, even if I wanted to right now, I could go into my website and edit what I give people, what I promise them. And whether I can deliver on it or not, that's totally a whole nother issue. And so what I think a lot of consumers are very skeptical of is that they actually want to see if you can deliver on your promise as part of the buying experience. If you can deliver, then absolutely you can have their money. But there's that hesitation because people are willing to promise them the world and then they don't actually deliver. So it's really important as a trust building exercise uh, for a product like company that you're able to actually deliver on what you promise people. And the best way to do that is to deliver on it as soon as humanly possible. Amazing. And then I think a question, like a follow-up question
0: to that is like, if I have my own started, you know, I'm a founder, have my tech, say tech company, it's a SaaS model. Does it really matter if I'm like, maybe I find more focused on maybe SMD and small businesses versus like, you know, say more higher end on like enterprise, like SaaS software, or do you think like product like growth can work across all of those different, call it, stages of companies that focus on like a different set of customers.
1: So it really depends like where you are in the journey of your business. So let's say you're very small business, maybe you have like 10 customers and you're just figuring out this enterprise play and it's working for you just now. So that is something I would actually recommend continuing with because you need to understand your customers better. I mean, you can't really get, you know, that product market fit with just 10 customers. You need to get more customers really understand their problems intimately and get really, really good at solving them. So if you're like pre-market fit, that is what I would really focus on. But if your whole kind of objection to going down the product growth path is, well, is this going to work because we want to target enterprises? Do we have to target SMBs? And the answer is no, like you, it's not one or the other. Just because you have a free trial or freemium model does not mean enterprise companies at Fortune 500 companies are not going to sign up for your free trial or freemium offer. It's just crazy to think like that. They will, of course, sign up. And oftentimes, even if you have a very sales-led approach, what you're going to find is, even let's say you're selling to those Fortune 500 companies, They're going to ask, in that sales process, can we have a trial? Whether that's a paid trial or not, they want to see it before they actually give you their hard-earned money. So that's really what you need to think about. Having a free trial for your model does not mean you can't target enterprises, but it often means you have to think about, okay, what do we need to look for in our products that our users are doing. And so the best product-led companies that are able to target both the SMB and the enterprise, they have something that's called a product-qualified lead and they're looking for it. So I'll give you an example from the early days of Drift. So they used to look for people who would sign up for their products who had a hundred conversations on their website. So they had identified that as a product-qualified lead and then sales could reach out and assist them or see if they could get more value to the platform and if it was a good fit. So in that case, they're able to target both the SMBs and then reach out when it made sense to lock down some of those larger enterprise deals. So that is really how you could make it work where you target both the SMBs and the enterprise.
0: Totally, that's a really like interesting concept, but of, uh, of like how like product-led growth like connects with like you know maybe you're more focused on enterprise with like a big sales team. Like really interesting concepts. Just on that, say people are listening, they work at a fast-growing SaaS tech company. Like, what would you recommend is like like a first step on how we you, they try to even adopt like product-led growth like initiatives? Like, do you need to think of this like giant strategy, or is it like just doing some small things right off the bat? Like, what do you think are like those first steps if someone's like you know what, product-led growth is our future. Like, how do we go execute?
1: The first thing is you need to understand your value and what you're promising people. And the best way to do that is always to talk to customers. Now, that is something that you'll hear again and again from anyone (laughs) who knows anything about market research and trying to do something new, is that you always have to start with the customer. And so it's nothing groundbreaking, but how do you do that? One of the best ways I've seen people make this transition is they basically created a free trial call to action on their website, which previously was just, you know, the request the demo, typical sales led approach. And so they changed that CTA to request a free trial and they showed it to 1% of their total website visitors. So what they got eventually was just a small stream of people who were trickling in who were requiring or requesting a free trial. And so what they did instead of a typical demo, they actually went in and showed them how they could get value out of the product. And so if you're just thinking about like, how do we make this shift? It doesn't have to be monumental. You could really just start with 1% of your website traffic, get that motion going, start understanding what do people really want to accomplish in your products, and then seeing how easy it is to get them to that point. Because what you're going to find is that it's most likely pretty hard for you to get people to that point in value. And when you're on the calls with the people and onboarding them, you can see those eye rolls (laughs) whenever you say, Hey, this is easy. Like, yeah, like I would have never thought about that. So it's a really great learning experience of just going through that with people because you are going to learn so much about that experience. And then you're also going to figure out what are those manual things you're doing in that current process right now that could eventually be eliminated. Maybe that's giving someone their, their custom login. Maybe you have to use a developer to get that for you for the first 10 or 15. Then maybe you can automate that part. So I would just work backwards, start with a customer, lead with that experience, get them to success, and then start figuring out how you can automate that experience a little bit easier on your end. So you're not spending all your time doing these kind of laborious, intensive tasks. That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like as we think about product-led
0: growth, would you agree that like, Onboarding has to be just like a key initiative to make that successful?
1: Absolutely. Like, onboarding is by far one of the most important pieces that you need to get right to be a product led organization. And the reason that is because it really boils down to what I was mentioning at the beginning about. The different way of selling. So on one hand, you have your traditional sales-led companies that are really building their whole business off of telling you what they are going to be able to do to help you, and that's all they're doing in a demo request is they're telling you their value prop, how they can help you. But a different part is on the other side is the product-led business, which is we need to actually show you how you can do this. And so the best way to do that is to have that onboarding experience that is optimized to really help people experience that value proposition on their own terms. And that makes a lot of sense. And I think
0: just a follow-up question on that is, you know, and maybe some of your past experience and like some of the companies that you maybe helped with before in these initiatives, do you find that they struggle at all of like asking those questions afterwards of like, well, what is our value? Like, what is our value prop? Like, And getting to the heart of it, because it seems like as you onboard, on board, that's like, super important to get to like that, you know, increase that time to value. But have you ever found like working with some companies out there that they really don't know what their value is or you think it's been relatively straightforward?
1: Oh, that's <laughs> far from straightforward. I find so many companies, they just don't really understand what is success for their user because if you think of a sales led company, success is often getting that person to sign the contract. It's like not wrong. It is part of a sales process. But in a product-led company, success is really not necessarily... like It is in your best interest to make your user successful, but it's not necessarily that paycheck that you're going to get at the end of it right away. It's not optimizing for the short term, it's optimized for the long term. And the best way to do that is to really make sure your user is successful, not just in the product, but what they can do with the products in their lives. So an example, like let's say I'm using a business dashboarding tool like Databox or Clipfolio or Grow.com. So All of those tools, they can sync all your crazy business analytics into one place. So now you can share it with your executive team and look like a pro. So, like, that's really what you're selling. At the end of the day, you're selling the insights into your business. They can understand across the whole board, and everyone can be on the same page about what metrics matter in the business and what we should focus in on. So, that's what you're selling. That's what you have to optimize for, which is success for your user. And what happens, crazy thing here, is once you get people to that point, they actually pay you. And so it's just a novel concept. But if we optimize for success for the user, they love you and they want to support you and continue seeing that success in their lives. And then just onto that, you kind of mentioned, you uh, talked a little bit about metrics,
0: is like you're trying to drive this adopt like a, you know a product led growth mentality like how would someone even go about this to understand like what does success look like like what's the metric we're we're trying to move that will tell us that we're successful in implementing and adopting some type of product led growth initiative
1: so the best metric i have seen that really unifies a lot of different teams together is the product qualified lead metric that i was talking about earlier so if you break it down One of the reasons why it's a lot different than, let's say, your traditional marketing qualified lead is because it actually looks at the behavior of the people in your product. And so the best way to think about it is, well, imagine if the yardstick of a product qualified lead was someone seeing value in your product. So let's say it's Drift again for that first example. We get someone to 100 conversations on their website. If we knew... If everyone on the team knew that 1% of all signups get to that 100 conversations, I think there would be a really big focus in that team to move that up as high as possible because that's a lot of wasted potential. And so product-wide leads are really incredible because whether you're in sales, marketing, or even product, they really help you manage and look at the engagement of the user and figure out are they actually successful? And the honest truth is a lot of sales-led companies have no idea what's going on in the product. They obviously know when those people closed. (laughs) They got that process down. They figured it out. But after the sale, how are those users becoming successful? There's often very little focus on that. So the product-led companies really just focus on how can we get that At the beginning of the journey, so the first experience is incredible. We are helping these people as much as we can. And then after, we can obviously help them with the product and eventually upsell them based on what they're doing.
0: It seems a lot like, you know, instead of you going and selling something and trying to convince someone to buy it, they're like, you know what, like, let them convince themselves and doing that will lead to like a lot more success. Is that like a
1: kind of a fair analogy? Absolutely. I mean, people are smart. Generally, most people are very smart. And if you help them, especially do something incredible in their lives that they couldn't do with your product, then you're going to win over their hearts and their pocketbooks at the same time because they want to continue with that whole experience. One
0: question I'd have to follow up to that is, would you say that there's a fair bit involved around any sort of like testing and experimentation to learn and to test things to see what
1: works and what doesn't? Absolutely. So one of the most common traits I see across the board of every product-led company I have talked to, it is the fact that they have a culture of experimentation and they just continually test again and again. And it's great to see companies really prioritizing product experiments. I mean, for the longest time, it used to be pretty hard to do marketing experiments on your website. But thankfully, there's been so many tools that have been rolled out that make that part easy. But I feel like the next decade is going to be focused on how can we do a lot more product experiments and really understand how to improve this experience because Let's be honest. It is such a low hanging fruit for so many companies. They just don't really touch the product experience because, well, they gotta get the developers involved. There's so much extra work to roll out one experiment. It might take them a full quarter, full year. And so that's often why it doesn't get done. And companies, if they're going to really make this work, they need to be okay with losing some of these experiments where they they don't actually work out. it. Hey, it might even make it worse. But you just need to be consistently launching these experiments to really understand what it is that your users need early on in the journey and how to support them after that.
0: Yeah, you know, it definitely sounds like and, you know, you probably see some companies out there that it's about the learning and not so much if something like wins or fails, because you want to understand the why behind why something works or not. Absolutely. Switching gears a little bit, you know, you've you've done an amazing job of like kind of helping our listeners understand what like what product-led growth is across the board. Is I know you know yourself are leading around like the product like institute that you have out there. Would love for you to like talk a little bit about that. And you know, I think you you guys put out some really amazing resourcing that like that's really helping to build a community around this. Would love to get uh, understand you know that initiative itself and like some of the things out there that you're doing to help build that community.
1: Absolutely. So I created the Product-Led Institute to really advance the practice of product-led growth. And everything I'm doing is really just to help people really adopt this whole methodology and really seek success in their business. So I launched basically the playbook of product-led growth, which is my book, Product-Led Growth. And I also have the Product-Led Summit, which it is the whole reason I created this entire event is because... Whenever I was first launching a product-led model in a business, I had so many questions and I just started asking all of these brilliant people like, how are you doing this? Trying to dissect their strategies and learn from them, but I realized there was just this whole one-way value exchange. And so, what I really wanted to do is create a platform where I could get some of the most brilliant SaaS practitioners to share how are they building a product-led business. Get them on the platform, share with everyone their brilliant brain for a day and really help the whole industry move forward. And so that is really what I'm a firm believer in. I don't want the spotlight to be on me. I want to really put everyone else at the Product-Led Summit on the spotlight to share what they're doing to build a world-class product-led business. And what would you say that,
0: you know, for our listeners out there, their passion about product-led growth, like how can they get involved? And, you know, if it's getting part of the summit or the community, like what could they be doing?
1: Yeah. So I think if you're, you're just getting started out in this whole product-led growth journey, the best place would probably be starting with the playbook, which is the product-led growth book, because the first whole part of it is really just trying to see is, is this a good fit for your business? Because maybe it will be maybe in year two or year five of your business, but you really need to understand, like, is it the right time for this go-to-market strategy? And then if it is, like it, it will give you the frameworks you can use to take it to the next level. But when you're on that journey, you want to have people to really talk to you and figure out like, hey, is this, you know, the only problem I'm solving is this, anyone else have the same problem? And so if you're interested, you can always check out the productledcommunity.com. That'll take you to the Slack community, which is the largest collection of product-led growth leaders you'll ever find. And so you can just go there. That's where I'd recommend starting.
0: And then just one kind of like last follow-up question I had to that is, you know, I saw that you, you know, you came up with an amazing book around like product-led growth. What kind of prompted you to do that?
1: So I think there's authors who look at it from the lens of you know I want to write a book because I know this subject uh, more than anyone else that was not me I was like on the other end of the spectrum where I'm like I had just created the course the first course for product led growth and I realized I was like I feel like this is um, like the whole iceberg analogy that everyone knows where it's like you know there's the 20% of the iceberg you see at the top. That was kind of me at the beginning of that course. I was like, oh, it's a simple topic. But then... I realized, holy crap, there's so much more like juice to this thing. And I wanted to understand product-led growth to a whole new level. And I figured out the best way to do that is really to really write a book about product-led growth. And this is for my own sake at the very beginning was just like, how can I create the ultimate playbook for myself? Because when I first launched a freemium product. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just guessing. I was making so many mistakes. And I figured if I had created this playbook, had I given it to myself three years ago, when I was first starting down this journey, it would have saved me an enormous amount of time, mistakes, and money. And I
0: can attest to it for someone that's uh, read the book, I would highly recommend anyone having to read through. It has some really interesting concepts about how, how to like actually start to like adopt some of that product-led growth framework overall. So... On that note, you know, I think we're coming to kind of the uh, end of our episode here. I think one last thing we've just kind of asked that we asked on like all of our guests is, you know, Wes, like how would someone like want to connect with you or find you? Like where where would they go for that if someone's listening to this podcast right now?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone wants to learn more about product-led growth, what it's all about, regardless if it's the book, the summit or anything else, just head on over to productled.com. And if you want to connect or ask me any questions, you can find me at Wes Bush on LinkedIn.
0: Amazing. Well, for everyone listening and just to say it again, just thank you so much, Wes, for kinda of coming on the Growth Equation Podcast. I know the listeners are gonna have a great time listening about this this is a really interesting concept that's kind of taking over the tech industry and beyond in twenty twenty.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me, Greg.